Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Tricentennial is a word you don't get to use all that often. Yeah, about once every 300 years. We're hearing it a lot these days because, as you no doubt know, 2018 is the 300-year anniversary of the founding of New Orleans. I'm not exactly sure what date in that 300 years was the first day we started discussing the impact of crime and potholes on our lives, but Joseph Makos could probably find that out. You see, Joseph has a fascinating business. He is the owner of all the images, artwork, and information in 30,000 editions of the Daily Times-Picayune. That date back to 1885. Believe it or not, Joseph bought this valuable collection of content from a posting on Craigslist. The seller was the British National Library in Britain. Joseph, this is a business story that fits perfectly into a very specialized category we call Only in New Orleans. So welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, although New Orleans takes its name from the city of Orléans in France, the two cities only formed a formal relationship in 2018. On January 5th, 2018, Orléans and New Orleans became sister cities under the stewardship of Vincent Siama. Vincent's official title in French is Consul General de France en Louisiane. In colloquial English, Vincent is the closest thing we've got to a French ambassador to Louisiana, and he's headquartered here in New Orleans. Vincent's duties include our trade relationship with France, cultural and French language advancement, and Vincent is also an official representative of the European Union. Consul General Vincent Siama, welcome out to lunch. Bonjour. Ah, I knew this was going to come in. You know, I had three years of French one, so this is going to be terrific. <laughs> three they, uh, years of French one. <laughs> yes, they, uh. Now, Vincent, I understand you might financially support and in less formal ways encourage the use of the French language through the 30 schools in Louisiana that have French immersion studies. What is less clear are your duties as a representative of the European Union. Firstly, what is the relationship between the EU and Louisiana? Is this some sort of formal relationship? Oh, each and single state of the EU has a relation with the US, and in this uh, regard, the EU is just you know, a congregate of an union of uh, member states. So, uh, as a chairman of the EU here in Louisiana, I tend to, to try to get the information, because there are a lot of things going on in Louisiana and in the EU, to explain a lot about what's going on in the EU. You know, we have some issues. Uh, and some, you know, current events now. I'm talking about uh, Brexit, for instance. Yes, or the, or the question of the tariffs that maybe. Would yes, be that's why I waited this long to have you here, okay. so we could have some real battles. This would be great. Okay, <laughs> so, let's try to remain peaceful. Huh? Yes, <laughs> so I, I think that'll be fine. I think I'm on your side, so this is gonna <laughs> gonna work. Out. Now, um, should we be expecting a lot of French citizens to come join us here for the tricentennial? Oh, you know, so French citizens are already coming to New Orleans. Uh, 
usually in a regular year you have between 80,000 and 90,000 French nationals coming to Louisiana. And this year I think we are expecting maybe 100,000 people coming to, to Louisiana and New Orleans especially to, to enjoy the, the, the audience. Uh, style of life. So. Now, when they come here, do they get all worked up about the mispronunciation of Carondelet and Burgundy and and the fact that family gras means fat family, things like that? I mean, these are, these are things to worry, worry about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I give up the idea to, to, to correct the, my, my Louisiana friends in terms of pronouncing the, the right way name. So we say Toulouse Street and Conti and uh, not uh, Burgundy de Bourgogne. Uh, but, but it's fine. I think the French national who come here, they are interested in the way you pronounce it. They don't want to correct yourself. So they want to to touch, to have a bit of the Louisiana touch, what we said. Now, Vincent, I, I would, if I saw your name, um, I would think it was an Italian name. Yeah, absolutely. I'm from uh, Italian origin. My family dates back from uh, Tuscany, uh, Livorno, uh, 18th century. So, and then after a while, uh, they were all over the world, so mainly in, uh, in France, in the US, and Brazil as well. Do the French know you're Italian, the government? This is very important. Yes, <laughs> they know, as they confirm my posting, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, Joseph, you're an ex-English professor and writing instructor. You have a parallel history of collecting old printing material and equipment, which seems to have been partly a hobby, but also partly entrepreneurial. Now all of your interests have collided with this most serendipitous purchase of 30,000 editions of the Times-Picayune from 1885 to 1930. Now, legally, all of the material in these newspapers is old enough to be in the public domain, meaning nobody really owns the copyright to the images or, or the writing. As the owner of this material, you have the exclusive right to use it any way you want and to exploit it commercially. So two questions to kick off. One, how much do you have to make to recover the purchase price of this investment? And secondly, how are you selling the content? The truth is that I got it for free. Wow, that okay. is a great price. <laughs> but the cost of keeping it up the last five years has been the real cost. So with taking, sort of, taking the project on, uh, I knew full well that it would, it would come with costs. Where are you selling the content? Where's the well, revenue coming from? So we've licensed content in a bunch of different ways, and uh, I find that uh, it's, it's become a job of a big, it first started as a job of organizing a bunch of old newspapers, and then it became a job of, uh, it became a big data thing, and now it's a curatorial thing. So the business has really shifted. But in terms of markets, I noticed you doing something with the PRC, for instance. Yeah, that, uh, I have a, a column this, uh, for the whole year. I have a column in Preservation in Print Magazine. It's an archives uncovered column that sort of just pulls, a plucks a little piece of forgotten history uh, in, a, in, a, in a very like primary source sense of something, a little story that was told that could really change the way that uh, people understand the city. Like we pull the, we pull the story about Lyle Saxon and his little walking tour on the French Quarter, or you can read the actual rendition of uh, the French Opera House burning down, or you know something like this. It's one thing to hear the story, but it's another thing to read the news. Now right? the important part here, though, is that you these came in sort of uh, sealed, hermetically sealed uh, tubes. I mean, that's why they're yeah. still around, right? Indeed, I actually brought a, I actually brought I curated a selection specifically for the Consul General today, of, uh, of nine newspapers. Uh, a couple of them are New Orleans history and New Orleans things, but a couple of them are um, are uh, some French history in relation to New Orleans. So what and kind of treasure do you have? So one of the things, I mean, this isn't exactly the best the best headline, but um, it's sort of, it's I guess, Led a little, Zeppelin, a little bit it? a little bit ironic and, and uh, funny. 
The pleasures of waiting for Zeppelin raids in Paris. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay that story. So, they, uh, which is just a little bit funny, yeah. you know, because of the pleasures of waiting for Zeppelin raids. But but I just thought that that would be a good, an interesting <laughs> a good one. It sort of has an illustration on the front that's pretty compelling. Now, Vosa, what do you do during the day? I've never hung out with a, a council. You're not, you're not trained, or you are trained to be a consul, but you, you really found out when you're on the ground. So my, my, my main duty is to be on the ground and to meet people from all walks of life. So I don't have a classic day. Uh, every single day is different. So give you an example. Uh, I often go visiting the schools to support the French immersion schools. Uh, but two days ago, I was attending the ceremony of unveiling a plague, a uh, commemorative plague in New Orleans with uh, Prince Albert II of... Uh, Monaco, he was there, ah. because his uh, grand-grand-great-mother was uh, Alice, the Princess Alice, she was from here, and she married a Frenchman, and then Prince Albert, and um, the following day I can give an interview, this week is uh, really yeah. about interview, uh, I'm preparing some visits as well, so... It's and you take care of French citizens that are here that uh, need help, I mean, you, that, you're, the, you're the guy to call, right? Yes, yeah, you know, our top priority is the safety of the French nationals. So, fortunately, here in Louisiana, everything is fine. Uh, but so for, imagine you get a lot of calls during Mardi Gras and things like that. Mardi no? Gras, surprisingly, is going quite well, okay. quite smoothly. Uh, it's more stressful during the hurricane season. Oh, yes. And I just arrived in late August, so it was just the day where we had some partial floods in, you know, in New Orleans. So, uh, and last year, we had three, three hurricanes just uh, very close to New Orleans. So... We are watching this very, you know, carefully, and uh, the fact is that we don't often know where our French nationals are. When they are not registered, they can be anywhere in, in Louisiana. And uh, so it's good, they don't need us, and uh, that's perfectly fine. We just need to ensure that they are well, uh, and that they respect, uh, you know, the safety measures that uh, the go government, uh, the federal agencies, and uh, the local government is, is given to the population. So that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a challenging job and fascinating, passionating. You don't have a single day the same way. That's a pretty good gig, actually. Yeah. Yeah. My job to say it's good to love France. It's even better to know France. <laughs> so come to France, visit France, learn French, keep, you know, keep learning French. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Vincent Siama the Consul General of France to Louisiana, and Joseph Makos, the founder of NOLA DNA. Now, Vincent, Joseph, this is the part of the show we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. Now, you can take advice like this, and it turns out to be a disaster, or you can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out, you know, really great, or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice and uh, how did it turn out? Vincent? Uh, one good remark that one of my teachers made to me when I was 16 or 17 said, uh, don't count the number of success you will have in life but the number of failures. You are the sum of your failures. And that's the way you pick yourself up that will make yourself a man. And I think it's quite wise to think that in life uh, you really have, it's a struggle, it's a fight sometimes, and uh, you have to need to, to, to pick yourself up and, and to go to the battle again. 
And so I, I, I remember this. And the second advice I received re quite recently is to devote some time, maybe 15 minutes per day, to do some meditation. And people from very different backgrounds advise me to do that. So uh, I'll try to find the time early in the morning to do it. I think uh, maybe it will make the difference. Maybe I will be a better consumer. Wow, they, uh, you, you do seem calm. I don't know if before were you kind of a live wire. I don't know the... I, I don't know. Ask my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's working out. I think to be in your position, you should be a, a, a at-peace person. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's, it's very enjoyable. <laughs> and Joseph, what about yourself? I want to say the best piece of advice that I got about my archive. I think one single person, Michael Theodore, who runs a, uh, who's, a who's an illustrator and painter and runs a, runs a gallery in the French Quarter, I came to him within a about a couple weeks after getting this archive and he said you're, it's really important to hear what everyone has to say about what you're doing and what you found but listen to no one <laughs> so I so I did and, and, and that was it, what, what that imparted to me was an exercise in, in, in hearing and really asking questions and understanding what people were really saying about what this treasure was that I found but to be slow to act you know and, and, and that whole hearing people but not listening to them, I think is something that we can really use every day because, you know, listening means sometimes if, 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 you know, they all say we have to tune in and, you know, but hearing what someone has to say, hearing what they're saying to you, but listening to them, that might imply action. And I can't do everything that everyone tells me to do. I can't listen to everybody. You do have a I, very unusual asset, but I can certainly hear what people have to say. <laughs> I, you know, I just like to ask you the first 15 minutes when you found this on Craigslist, what was going through your head? Did it come up? Uh, you know, what an amazing find this was, and and also well, what 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 can I do with it? There's a little backstory there. Uh, I actually I actually saw an ad for the, the 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 same archive a year earlier, and they were trying to sell the archive off piece by piece, but they had been really unsuccessful at any of it at all, and it was um, and it was uh, not until a year later where. It was a space issue, and they had to move it out of a property in within seven to ten days. And I was just the person that was there to do that. And 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 uh, and it was and I, um, you know, there's lots to the story, lots of details to the story of how that all came to be. But uh, I when you got I, it, would you would you think immediately I'm going to be able to do with this? You know, it was. I would say like the first the first uh, bit. It was it was just sort of like. A, being a kid on a kid on Christmas morning because it was like, you know, these boxes that they came in. I would open one, open it up, and pull one out, and see a comic here, and then see a ladies' fashion section here, and see a newspaper from the 1880s here, and then the 1920s here, the Jazz Age, you know. So really, at first, it was just understanding because it was all out of order, understanding what it was, you know, and then putting it back in, in order. And I knew early on that this would be something that we could use for images and we could use for, you know, uh, history. And I, and I knew that this was a, a treasure um, to, you know, and then and then sort of in my research of tracing the history of it, where it came from, then it started to become more clear. You know? Why did they collect these? Well, the British Museum, uh, you know, the, 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 the narrative goes that the British Museum actually sold it to a newspaper collector who sold it to a real estate investor who sold it, who, who gave it to me. So it's a few different hands, but... The British Museum was at one point in time the largest repository of information in the world, and I, and I mean that in a sense of printed materials, right? They would subscribe to every major world publication, and they would get monthly bound editions of the monthly, like like they would, you know, you, you would see in the library, yeah. where they would even do it with magazines, right? Where they would bind an entire month or entire 
uh, multiple months of magazines together in one hardback book. But then microfilm came. Right. And so the, what happened then? Well, what happened then is, let's think about this. They took a large newspaper, which is about 18 by 24 inches wide, right, a broadsheet, right. and they shrunk it down to the size of a postage stamp, right? And then they they decided when the, when the Internet age hit that they had a high-speed scan this stuff, and then they blew it back up. So what did we lose? We lost resolution. We lost quality. We lost color. And that's what's being saved with this original archive is that now in 2018, we can, we can scan it at high color, high resolution, and we can bring back all that information that was lost with the process of microfilm. Vincent, uh, we do a show in Lafayette over in Acadiana. Uh, has that been part of your purview? Have you been over there? And Yeah, quite often. I'm surprised. I was surprised the first time I went there that the name of the street are in, in French. And, uh, <laughs> and people tell me, oh, you, you know, I don't speak classical French. I don't speak French from Paris. I said, that's not the point. You know, if you, if you, if you look at the history of the French language, it has been enriched from all parts of the world. So, for instance, today you have an important speech from President Macron on the future of French language. And the fact is that I can understand what the Kingian French says. I will not speak speak this way because uh, I'm, you know I was a guy from Paris and yeah. we don't use the same adjective. But basically, we understand each other. I have a, you know just an idea. You're listening to to Joseph that in France we have marvelous archives from Nantes and related to New Orleans, some family. And so just wrote me this morning. Say, hey, can you, can you? You ask me what I'm doing. Uh, can you do some fundraising about this archive to restore it? So I'm launching an appeal. If anyone on the radio <laughs> wants to, to 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 be part of this, I think it would be a good idea to reconnect with your French roots. We have some family from New Orleans uh, mentioned in the archives. Um, I have the name of the family. If you're interested, I think it's uh, it would be very useful. So you know, I try to to carry out this kind of projects. Uh, uh, in Lafayette, in New Orleans, so you guys can uh, help me out. <laughs> let, me know if you, let me know if you need a consultant. Right, or a <laughs> translator. You would be really good at a lot of things. Just that's uh, Vincent, in a way, you're doing, trying to un, undo what had been done uh, decades ago, and, and people were encouraged not to speak French. Uh, there was a big movement towards that, and you're, you're coming behind it and want to change it. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm quite optimistic for the future of the French language here in Louisiana, because we are all these young kids uh, learning French in the French medicine school and uh, French as foreign language. And having visited quite a number of class now, uh, I can tell you they speak very well French. I mean, like people native from France. But their uh, grandparents did. Yeah, so they, and it's a way for them to, to do catch up and with our grandparents. Uh, I was often told that the grandparents didn't just talk you know, English at home except when they didn't want the family to understand what I was saying. <laughs> so now the kids are able to understand it. That's great. So we, we, we push hard for, for this program with the Coder Field to, to thrive. I'm quite optimistic. My job is to say to the companies, hey guys, you have this young generation that speaks perfectly French. It's a skill that's free for you. Uh, the future of French is, okay, in 15 years' time, let's say, uh, France will still be on, uh, on the radar, I'm sure, and a powerful country, but Africa, and uh, uh, speaking French-speaking Africa will be a really important market for, for these companies here in Louisiana. So if I were just a CEO of a little company or a big one, I would just try to give good opportunities to these, you know, these kids now that will be young adults in 10 years or 15 years' time. And that's a skill that's free for the companies. So how and give good opportunities for the French-speaking uh, you know, uh, employees? I think it's a, it would be a, a smart bet. 
And we don't often think of the commerce side of this, but that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have one of the biggest uh, part of the North America, and so it will, it's just on the perfect spot, you know, for globalization. So it's a, it's a huge asset for, for Louisiana, this, this port and this, this Mississippi River and, and the trade. So uh, I think it's, yeah, to, to learn, that's, I always joke with, you know, my, my, my friend uh, with consular from Mexico here, I say, I say, Carlos, it's good to, to speak Spanish, but it's even better to learn French. I knew consuls hung around with each other. I just yeah, I always do, had that feeling. They, uh, from the beginning of 2019, we'll be celebrating 301 years of New Orleans for whatever psychological reason, 301, 302, 303, and so on, are apparently not numerically exciting to us, uh, given that we apparently have to wait another century for the next time we officially commemorate our city's statistical history, we can still make the most of it for the rest of this year. Vincent, you have a great opportunity to highlight the relationship between France and Louisiana and Orleans and New Orleans. And Joseph, you are sitting on a unique resource at a unique time. And thank you both for sharing your very interesting occupations and interests with us. And thank you for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for our guests. Pleasure. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Vincent Siama, the Consul General de France en Louisiane, and Joseph Marcos. He's the founder and chief curator of NOLA DNA. You can find out more about the relationship between New Orleans, France, and the EU and the Times-Picayune by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and we are outdoors for the first time, this is very cool, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and It's New Orleans Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by... Schuert & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness.